And we are back. This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, and this is my podcast, The Art of Health. So, this topic for today, topic for today, this is one that has been long in coming. I've had a lot of questions about it, so we're just going to dive right in. Bulking. Bulking and bulking to build muscle mass, and how do we do that, and what is it, and who should be doing it, and should I be doing it? So let, let's talk about this. So wh- what do we mean when we say bulking? And so bulking has a couple definitions. It's a, We can use it as a verb. We can use it as an adjective. It can be a noun. So we could say, you know, he's bulking, meaning someone's training specifically to build up muscular size, you know, build up mass. He's massing. You could say someone's bulky, you know, meaning, you know, they're a big guy. They're well built. You know, they got a lot of heft to them. Uh, you could say someone carries a lot of bulk. You could use this a noun that way, uh, you know, descriptive. But bulking, it's a popular topic, obviously. The more accurate way to call it would be, or the more accurate way to categorize it would be hypertrophy training. So hypertrophy, referring to muscular growth. If someone says, I want to bulk up, that means that they want to build muscular size. They want to build cross-sectional muscle, muscle area. They want their muscles to be bigger. And that's a very, you know, that's if you're a guy or even you know, if you're even a girl, it's very normal to want to build some muscle mass. If you're in fitness and health, at some point or another, you're going to realize, you know what, I need to build lean body mass. And for those that have listened or have read my prior articles, being muscular is, pr- being muscular is pretty much the holy grail of health. The more lean body mass you have, the more muscular you are, the healthier you will be, the better you will age the more resistant you will be to the degenerative effects of aging. So building muscle, if you could do nothing else for your health, building muscle would be the number one thing I would tell someone to do that's an active process. If you go, if you build muscle, you build muscle the course of your life, you're going to be healthy and thriving, and you will age well. Bulking, though, the, the idea of doing like a bulk, this idea of like, I'm going to train to bulk, it's, it's a misconception. So... I would say let's let's talk about like some myths associated with bulking. The number one myth with bulking is that it requires a specialized kind of training or eating. And it doesn't. Bulking, like I said, it's just training for hypertrophy, it's training for muscle mass. So the number one myth is that bulking, like I said, requires specialization of some kind. No, bu- bulking is nothing special. Bulking just means I'm training right now in such a way that my training is bodybuilding training. It's training for muscular size. That doesn't take anything crazy at all. So that's the first myth. The second myth is that you need to bulk to build muscle mass. So this is somewhat of an apples and oranges idea, but oftentimes guys will get the impression that, you know, maybe like they're training for their strength training and power training, and then they'll do bulking training or size training. A lot of this stuff, guys, is just made up fucking... No, uh, not networking. It's made up freaking. Uh, it's made up marketing language. It's made up marketing language. You can train for muscular size for increased muscular size year round. Every kind of rep range can build muscle. You know, even low reps, not the most effective necessarily, but all the rep ranges in the world can build muscle. Everything from, you know, three reps to twenty plus. The only rep ranges that really don't are like you know doing one rep maxes. So, like I said, bulking is not special and. You don't need to necessarily go through a bulking period to build muscle mass. You could be building muscle mass all the time. 
So that'd be the second misconception. Number three myth with the diet of bulking. You don't need to stuff your face and overeat to build muscle. You don't. You can eat an isocaloric maintenance calorie diet, maybe 500 calories extra most a day for a lot of people, and that will build muscle at as fast as a rate as you are going to build muscle. Overeating is not going to be conducive for very long to building increased muscle size, to building, you know, to building up tissue. If you are going to bulk and you are going to go through a period where, let's say, you really do actually overeat, you've got maybe three to four months to do that before you just get fat. Unless you are super lean and you don't gain body fat at all, most guys, when they talk about wanting to go through a bulking period with my clients, with the body of scientific evidence, with the body of historical evidence, you can maybe overeat for about four months usually three months, and at that point, most people, they just start putting on fluff weight. And, you know, bulking as a concept, really, it's not, bulking has not been around for very long. You know, to talk about the, the history of bodybuilding a little bit. You know, the term bulking appears very early in, in muscle building literature. So the, it's been used over 100 years, but how it was used in the early 1900s is very different from today. Back in those days, it ref, back in the, you know, let's say 1910, it referred to Someone that was skinny that just wanted to build muscle size. So you don't want you don't have any muscular bulk. Let's train to build bulk. Just tr- literally training to build muscle. Th- that was all it meant. It meant training to build muscle. Yeah, and, and prior to the uh, you know the classic age of bodybuilding, um, you know even like you know physique contests or bodybuilding contests in certain nineteen twenties, training as a whole was it was just about getting stronger, and building muscle size. You know, bodybuilding wasn't even a thing in their first you know. 30, 40 years of physical culture that started in the 1800s. If you were a physical culturist, it just means that you want to be strong and powerful, and that was it. You know, nowadays we define a lot of things in bodybuilding terminology. We don't realize it, but you know, like the term bulking of in itself, it became identified with bodybuilding. Like you're going to bulk up and get big and build mass. Back in 19, if you were training in 1905, there wasn't any other way to train. That's what training does, is it builds the body. So it's, it's a misconception that way. So, you know, with bulking, to, you know, to kind of go through some of the history of it. So, you know, you have bodybuilding that starts in the 1920s. And, you know, then you it, bodybuilding over the years, 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. You know, during that time frame, again, it just refers to general muscle gain. It doesn't refer to a period of stuffing your face and getting real fat and massing so you can cut. It's just general hypertrophy. That's it. You know, and even cutting that in that era, you have to remember these these bodybuilders from the 1950s. They were natural guys. They did not they did not use drugs. So if you were going to train during the year and get fat as fuck, and then diet for bodybuilding, dieting was very primitive in the 1940s. It basically just meant under eating. It meant you know just cutting calories down. You know the first guy to really diet, kind of like a modern bodybuilder, was Steve Reeves. He won the 1947 Mister America title, 1950 Mister Universe. He was the first guy to be cut. You know, he was about 210 on stage, had great, incredible shape, huge shoulders, and he would diet by eating a very low-carb diet to be very lean when he got on stage, and he was known for being very defined for the air. Um, he wouldn't be super crazy ripped today, but he was very defined. He, he'd be a lean guy even today. But, you know, again, I'm just making the point that, you know, bulking was not this mythologized uh, concept. It just referred to building muscle mass, and then if you're going to do a bodybuilding contest in the 1940s, you'd kind of just under eat for a while and you'd show up lean and you did how you did 
And then what happened was that that did start to change though in the 1950s. So 1950s, early 1950s, drugs start coming to play. And there's 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 two guys that kind of emerge out of the late 1940s, early 1950s. You have Steve Reeves, and he's arguably the first modern bodybuilder to be very lean on stage, to be you know V taper, huge shoulders, small waist. Then you have another guy, Reg Park, and Reg Park was the first guy to really popularize the bulky look. So what we would call bulky today, like a big, just fucking thick motherfucker, you know, like brick shit house kind of build. You know, to be, you know, <laughs> colloquial with it. You know, that was Reg Park. 1950s, 1960s, the South African gentleman, he was 250. Like, he walked around 250 pounds. On stage, he was 230. He was a big guy. He was bulky. So, you have Steve Reeves kind of pushing the envelope on being aesthetic-looking. Then you have Reg Park, where it's like, holy shit, that, that's, a, that's a large, muscular, bulked-up human being. And then you start to see this idea take hold now, you know, post-1950s, where, you know, some drug use starts to come into usage, starts to come into play with testosterone usage, but you start to have this idea where if you really want to get to maximum muscular size, rather than just train year-round for muscle, you can go through these concentrated periods of bulking. And this is where the concept starts to emerge of this this bulk and the cut concept. It starts, it starts to come out in the 1950s. And that's also when modern bodybuilding training started. That started with really Steve Reeves, where you know Steve Reeves, you know 1940s, 1950s, like I've been saying, he was kind of the first guy to do. He did a lot of things that were unique. Steve Reeves, so like there's part of, like why was he cut for the air? Why did he, you know, you know he, he kind of you know, he bulked up and leaned down, so to speak, what we'd call today. How did he do that? Well, he trained with high reps. He trained with moderate to high reps. He was not a low rep kind of guy. And up to this point, a lot of training was done with very low reps you know a lot of bodybuilders were also olympic weightlifters we called them a day so a lot of you know singles doubles triples sets of five steve reeves didn't really use low reps he used a lot of high reps eight reps 12 reps 15 reps even 20 reps and the funny thing was he was he was made fun of at the time for he's not that strong he's weak he was a very strong guy but he found out that muscle growth is a lot you know comes a lot faster and it's a lot more effective to train with higher reps which is true to this day Science has proven that many times over. Uh, Steve Reeves also used a lot of isolation exercises. He did lateral raises. He did a lot of, you know, incline curls. He did, you know, tricep work. He did quad work. He did hamstring work. So when he showed up on stage, you had these guys who used a lot of compound movements, and they were muscular, but they didn't have any, you know, any standout body parts, muscle groups, so to speak. Steve Reeves shows up. It's, holy shit, guys, shoulders are huge. Lat spread's huge. Arms are huge. Everything was big. And again, people made fun of him for doing these, you know, uh, literally like they, they thought of him was like, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, like faggy exercises you know, at the time. Like he was actually made fun of, you know, for being like a, you know, like a weak guy that didn't want to train hard, but he looked better than anybody else. You know, why was that? You know, he's doing these poofy exercises. No, he, he found out that guess what? Isolation work can be just as effective for compound movements in regards to building up individual muscle groups and his body looked how he trained. Steve Reeves also, you know, how do you get lean? How do you get cut? He trained quick. He trained fast. He was known for taking short rest periods. He did a lot of supersets. He did a lot of tri-sets. His workouts could be really long, be two plus hours, but he trained at a very fast pace. And he was, again, one of the first guys to realize like, oh, you can do, you know, lifting weights can be cardio. You know, so he would lift a lot. He walked a lot. 
And, you know, the, the walking, too, it helped him get lean. He was, you know, one of the first guys to get lean. He would diet, and he'd do cardio. So he's doing these long workouts. He's doing cardio. He's dieting. He showed, you know, like I've seen, like if you look at foes of him, anyone even today, you know, even by modern standards, he was very, very well built. So that was Steve Reeves. And, you know, out of, you know, his training, you start to see these concepts now where you can, you can diet to bulk up. You can diet to cut down. And then the next guy that took it a step further was Vince Garanda. Another bodybuilder in the 1950s, 1960s. Never was a big guy, but he was super ripped. He was the first ripped bodybuilder to have veins be vascular on stage. And Vince, you know, to be ripped, you have to at some point obviously be, you know, be bulked. So Vince Garanda, now you get into this concept now, 1960s, where now we're getting into the what we think of as bulking cutting, where he is talking about spinning most of the year you know, putting on some size or trying to maintain size, and then he's talking about dieting hard for the first time to be ripped up. Vince Garanda, his first, well, his, his star pupil, one of his star disciples, so to speak, since he was a bodybuilding coach. Larry Scott, the first Mr. Olympia. First Mr. Olympia, Larry Scott, big guy, shows up to the contest, ripped. First guy to use steroids. Gets huge. Five, eight, and he's over 200 pounds. 1960s, what else happens? Joe Weider, Magazine Empire. Late 1960s, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sergio Olivia. Sergio Oliva. You know, two big guys. They'd bulk up in the off-season. They'd cut down to come the contest time. Now, that kind of like, you know, maintains, the, that keeps the trend going. But then, you know, we get to another stage with bulking. Uh, 1990s. So, you know, from 1960s, let's say, to 1980s, Keep in mind, again, at this time, these guys, they were using drugs, but they also were not using a lot of drugs. You know, guess what? The more drugs you take, a lot of times you can get away with more shit. Flat out. I'm not advocating anyone use steroids, but the reality is, is that you know, for modern bodybuilders today, there's a lot of things that can help you stay lean even when your lifestyle would make most people sloppy fat. But anyway, so 1960s, 1980s, you have these guys where, yeah, they're bulking up during the year, but they're also never getting that fat. They're not they're not gaining weight where, oh, they're showing up, you know, they get, you know, chunky and fluffy in the off-season, and then they have to cut down really hard. Arnold would walk around at 250 during the year. He'd be 230 on stage. He never gained more than 20 pounds over stage weight. You know, and I don't even think it was that. It was like, you know, I, uh, that's probably, I think it was as, as heavy as he was 250. But he, he later on, I, you know, now that I think about this, he later on said that he would walk around about 240, like at his, at his peak. So he never had more than maybe 12, 15 pounds to lose to get cut. And that's pretty reasonable even for a natural guy. For a natural guy, that's very reasonable. It wasn't until, like I said, the 1990s, Dorian Yates shows up, Mr. Olympia. He's 260 pounds on stage. And he's close to 300 in the offseason. And 1990s is when the mass monster era starts in bodybuilding, where you have guys where, the, yeah, they're legitimately bulking the fuck up in the offseason. You guys are getting on stage at 240. They're weighing 300 pounds while they're, you know, out of contest. You know, they're gaining 50 plus pounds, but also they're doing more drugs than ever before, and they're you know using more powerful supplements and compounds than ever before. They're dieting like crazy, and their body can handle how they diet because of the drugs they take. So you know, all this said, guys, my, my point to all this is that bulking and cutting, the way we conceptualize it today, you know, I, I say all this for context. Up until the 1990s, most bodybuilders did not excessively bulk. Most guys were natural guys. They would stay lean most of the year. They'd progressively add muscle. And then they dieted down for parts of the year. 
and then prior to the introduction of anabolics of steroids, no one ever aggressively tried to gain tons of weight. You'd get fat. So lean gains was the was the MO for the majority of the year. And then, you know, beyond, you know, second, you know, this is now what remember, you know, second, third thing. Bulking when it started, it was a beginner concept. It just meant, you know, like your novice, your beginner gains. You know, past the beginner stage, bodybuilders just trained for hypertrophy. Uh, another concept that got lost, you know, and this gets argued about all the time, should you do cardio? Yes, you should do cardio. From Literally, from 1900 up until the 1990s, everyone did cardio regularly. The first strongmen did cardio. The first physique guys did cardio. The first uh, modern bodybuilders did cardio. Arnold did cardio. Lee Haney did cardio. Steve Reeves did cardio. Arthur Saxon did cardio. Everyone promotes cardio. It wasn't until like the early 2000s that cardio suddenly became this bad thing of, oh, don't do cardio because you'll burn off your muscle mass. That's a bunch of bullshit. And it, because everyone d- does this, it's a stupid fallacy of like, well, runners aren't bulky. Runners don't train to be bulky. They train to fucking run. Sprinters are bigger than runners. No kidding, because sprinters train for 100 meters. So they can have more muscle on their body. You know, don't confuse correlation with causation. Don't confuse paradigm with purpose. If you're training to run, you don't need to be bulky. If you're training to be bulky, running, a little bit of running, a little bit of walking, is not going to strip your muscle mass off you. So, you know, all these things said, you know, who should bulk? Like, you know, so let's talk about that. Who should bulk? What should we expect to bulk? If you're going to bulk, let's assume that you're somebody where you want to put on some weight fairly quickly. You want to gain some muscle mass. How do you go about doing that? Well, here's some conditions. You want to have an athletic body fat percentage first. That's number one. If you want to bulk, you need to be lean. So if you're a guy and you're over 12% body fat, roughly, I wouldn't recommend bulking. I'd recommend just training at maintenance and you're still going to put on size, guys. It's not to say that bulking is the only time you build muscle. That's bullshit. You can build muscle year-round. You can build muscle even when you're dieting sometimes. We're talking about a concentrated period of gaining weight. So number one, you want to have athletic body fat percentage. About 12%, maybe you could be a little bit higher. I wouldn't recommend, though. If you're a woman, I wouldn't recommend trying to bulk if you're over 24% body fat. Again, either either way, guy or girl, if you try and bulk and you're already kind of fluffy, you're going to get more fluffy. And if you try to bulk beyond you know, a certain threshold of body fat, most of your gains, they're just going to be fat mass. You're making yourself unhealthy. You're worsening your insulin sensitivity. You're making your body store carbs, store they're not store carbs. You're making your body store calories. You're making your body ill, let's say, to put it that way. Not, not unhealthy, but it's not something that you want to promote. Gaining fat is not something you want to do. So number one, athletic body fat percentage. Number two, if you're going to try and bulk, you want to be a fairly experienced trainee. So if you're a beginner, you just need to just train and eat and don't, you know, don't think of, don't worry, don't complicate beyond that. If you've been training for a while, though, you feel like you're at a plateau of some kind, yeah, bulking could be a concept for you to do where you could emphasize a muscle group for a period of weeks or emphasize a few muscle groups. But, uh, so, you know, number two, just be experienced. You know, don't, you don't need to be a beginner and think, oh, I need to bulk up. Just by training, you're in game muscle. Uh, you know, the third thing, you know, for bulking, conditions for bulking, if you're naturally a heavier, if you're naturally on the heavy set side, if you're naturally on the higher body fat level, uh, you know, realm of the equation, you know, or realm of the population, you don't need to bulk. Just train. If you're naturally lean and or you're naturally muscular, you probably have some ability to put on some lean weight and bulk for a while, but 
you have to know your body type. You know, if you're, you know, the, if this is these aren't real categories truly, but if you're, if you're ectomorphic, mesomorphic, you know, if you're naturally a skinny person, you could probably bulk. If you're naturally someone where you gain fat super easily, no bulking for you. You just train, you eat, you don't do anything else. So know your body type. Don't, you know, if you're a stocky guy, don't think that bulking is going to be helpful for you. You'll it'll probably just make you fat. Yeah, and, and all this said, guys, you know, remember bulking historically for the guys that could gain a lot of weight, this, this stuff was done by elite bodybuilders. So even for the guys, you know, like I said, who would gain 50 pounds in the offseason, they've got a crazy genetics on their sides. They've got the anabolic steroid advantage on their side. On their side. So their situation might not really be applicable to you. You know, you, keeping the conditions in mind. Be lean already. Be experienced at training. Know your body type. Bulking is not for everyone. And, and truly as well, if you're someone where you're thinking you're going to gain 30 pounds of mass and then diet back down and keep most of it, you're probably not. Most of that won't be muscle. And going up and down body weight, guys, you know, especially if it's dramatic changes in body weight, like 20, 30, 40 pounds, it just ages you faster. That's something that you don't think about, something that bodybuilders don't talk about. But like loose, loose skin, sagging skin, you know, bad skin health, even losing your hair. Dieting, you know, down is not easy, and then gaining weight back is not easy, and dieting back down is not easy. You know, that's an extreme example a little bit, but yo-yo dieting as a whole, your body doesn't like to have these wild swings in weight all the time. It's it's not good for it. It's not good for your metabolism, not good for your physiology. So everything said, all this said, so I've, you know, I've been trying to, I'm trying to create a lot of context so this really makes sense, all right? All this said, who, you know, not who should bulk, how can we go about bulking? Well... Let's assume you're metabolically healthy. You want a mass gain for three to four months. How do you go about doing this? Well, you know, weight gain mark. You have to consider. You have to consider that you don't want to gain a ton of weight because you'll get fat. Okay, you do not want to gain a ton of weight because you get fat. You will ruin your insulin sensitivity if you try to put on tons of weight really fast. You'll ruin. You know, you'll 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 dampen your nutrient partitioning. Yeah, a lot of times people don't realize, but the more weight you gain, the more likely that weight is to be adipose tissue. If your weight increases, insulin sensitivity goes down, more of the food you eat goes to fat storage. You know, by the 12-week mark, most of your muscles are pretty much soaked up, but they're going to soak up. So doing a proper bulk, three months, maybe four months. You know, and beyond the four-month mark, it's almost all body fat. The only way you could bulk for a while is if you're extremely lean from the outset. So number one, three to four months. Yeah, that's a condition. Number two, you want to gain weight slowly. People have unrealistic expectations with this stuff. I'm going to gain 30 pounds. No, you're not. Healthy weight gain is about half quarter pound to half pound a week. So let's just say about two pounds a month on average your weight goes up. So if you bulk for three months, you could gain about eight pounds. But let's just say 10 to be loose with it. You know, 12 weeks is six pounds. Let's say 12 weeks, we make it eight pounds. That's not that much weight, guys. If you're bulking for three months and you go from 170 to 190, you got fucking fat, dude. Getting a, like a pound a week, that's just a setup for getting fat. And you got to lose all of it. Then you lose all the muscle that you did gain. So keep the weight gain reasonable. Number three with eating. yeah, And this is general, so don't you know fucking argue with it. For eating, you don't need a huge calorie surplus. You don't need to eat 5,000 calories a day automatically to bulk. 500 calories is more than enough for most people. Even 300 for most guys. You know, for, for women, I'll say 200. You know, if you're a dude, you want to bulk up. Unless you're well over 200 pounds, you probably don't need to eat as much as you think. 
3,200 calories, 3,300 calories. Yeah, the average metabolic rate for most people, for an average size guy, 180, maybe 2,500 calories. Guys that talk about eating 6,000, 7,000 calories, bodybuilders talk about that. Again, outlier situation. For most guys, 3,000 is probably going to be sufficient. Yeah, like I said, unless you're really big. So, number three, you don't eat as big of a surplus as you think. Yeah, number four, while you're bulking, still control your body fat. Don't stop doing cardio. Don't get lazy with your lifestyle. Still eat clean. Still control your body fat. Yeah, I recommend, you know, sometimes many cut-down days during diets if people gain too much weight too fast. You know, keep walking regularly. Don't use a bulking period as a time where just to get fat as fuck. I've seen guys do that all the time where, like, it's the winter. Oh, I don't have to bulk. I don't have to cut until summer. They spend six months and they just get freaking sloppy. You know, then, you, you know, you swear in a t-shirt. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, bro, I'm big, man. No, bro, you just gained 40 pounds, you know, 10 of which is muscle. Which, most of what you're going to lose when you have to diet all that shit off. Control your body fat. Number five, point to bulking. You got to train with some volume, guys. You, you get bodybuilding training, moderate to high reps. You know, thinking you're going to do three by five training and bulk up. A bunch of bullshit. You're doing 20, what, you're doing 15 reps. Five by five is 25 reps. Like, do you really fucking think it's going to grow slabs of muscle? How do bodybuilders train? How have bodybuilders trained for the last 70 years? They do fucking volume. They use they do reps. They do six to eight reps. They do six to ten reps. They do ten to twenty reps. You got to do reps. Yeah, you know, like doing a low volume, low rep routine is not is not the formula for muscle gain. It is. I don't care what bullshit you read on some starting strength website. That's it is dog shit. What do bodybuilders do? They train with reps. What do strength coaches do to bulk up their athletes? They train with reps. You know, what do physical therapists do to build muscle you know, in, in small body parts? They do lots of reps of small, you know, small isolation and corrective exercises. Muscle growth takes reps. I'm not going to go into the science of it because it's so well established it's stupid to argue it. Muscle growth, all the science, all the historical evidence, all the anecdotal evidence, all the N equals 1 evidence, all of the evidence points to repetition and volume being key to muscle growth. Repetition, volume, intensity. If you don't train that way, your gains are going to be lousy. So, but yeah, those are those are the, the keys to bulking. You know, to, to recap some of it. So, if you're going to bulk properly, train with volume, control your body fat, don't overeat, gain weight slowly, and three to four months. That's the best you know frame of time. The way I like to, I, the way I suggest setting up for guys, the way I suggest you guys set it up. Take four, three to four months, train with higher reps. Take three to four months, train with more moderate reps. Maybe take two months, train with low reps. Cycle your training throughout the year. You could be in a strength phase. You could be in a you know moderate hypertrophy phase. You could be in a high volume phase. But again, keep in mind that you can be gaining muscle mass year-round. It's not for any set period of time. So that's bulking for you guys. If you're interested in, you know, maybe, you know, training for this, I have a bulking group that I run uh, that starts, you know, starting in a few days to, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a tra- it's a training group on Facebook that it's a customized program. There's about, I think, 50, 60 people in it right now. Check that out if you want. I'll post the links to it or, you know, I, I, it's on my email list. But otherwise, guys, you know, if you're going to bulk, just remember what I said. Don't get fat. Don't overeat. Be reasonable. Train with volume. Keep up doing the cardio. And don't 
have the mistaken impression that you can only build muscle in a walking phase. Muscle growth can be happening 24-7. So any questions, inquiries, comments, let me know. Otherwise, good luck with all this, and I will talk to you guys again.